Luke 14, 25. Going to read all the way down to 35. It says, and there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever do not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost whether you have sufficient to finish it. Lest happily after he have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it all that behold it began to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king. Going to make war against another king. Sitteth not down first. And consulteth. Whether he is able with 10,000. To meet him. That cometh against him. With 20,000. Or else. While the other is yet. A great way off. He sent an ambassador. And desire conditions of peace. So likewise. Whosoever. He be of you. That forsaketh not all. That he hath. He cannot be. My disciple. Salt is good. But if the salt. Have lost its savior. Wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill. But men cast it out. He that have ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. Wow. Wow. Uh, precious Lord, we, we thank you for radical Jesus. We thank you for Jesus just being straightforward. Father God, we as the church, we also need to be good stewards of the word. We ought to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the word of God. We ought not be compromised. We ought not be people pleasers. We ought not be entertainers. We ought to be radical just like Jesus because we live in difficult times. Amen. Yes, God is love, but God is controversial. God is confrontational. God is militant. God is radical. And God requires a lot for those who would say they are his disciples. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I um, started last week series, new series, getting radical with Jesus, getting radical with Jesus. And we talk about the rich young ruler. We talk about a man came running. He wanted eternal life. And I think everybody in here wanted eternal life. I think everybody in here, if I had it to offer and I said, you know what? Listen, you ain't got to change nothing 
but here's your ticket. When your last breath comes, you're going to heaven no matter how you live. Everybody take that ticket. I think a lot of people have taken that ticket. I think that's why the churches are empty. I think that's why people have turned from religion. Why should I go to church and pray and tithe and give to the church and sit there and listen to people preach for an hour and a half? When, when I die, all the preachers say, everybody going to heaven anyway. <laughs> I ain't stopping Amaya. And Jesus said unto the rich young ruler when he came, he said, what must I do to, to inherit the kingdom of the lion? Jesus got radical with him. You need to get radical with folks. Amen. We, we're not radical enough. We're not radical enough. I know we're not radical enough because I hear what people say. I hear what Christians believe. And, 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 and they're not biblical. Amen. It's not. This man came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to inherit the kingdom of, of heaven? And Jesus loved him. I, we see he is a God of love. God, he is a God of love. I, I'm, I would never deny that because he loved me. He loved me enough to die for me, so I know he's a God of love. Okay? But he also is a God of truth. Amen. You, can't be a, you can't love someone and not be truthful. Amen. Two don't go together. Amen. Just don't. Jesus beholding him, loved him, verse 21 of, of, of Mark 10, and said, one thing thou lackest. Now, God said to you, you only need to one, do one thing to go to heaven. Most of us would throw both hands up, okay? One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou have, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. How about that? You give all that you have on this side. Now, most of us in here, that wouldn't be a whole big, wouldn't be a big pile of stuff, okay? So we got a few things we cherish. I know I, I, I would, you know, I would hate to just, you know, you just got to give up all your guns and, you know, give up all your guns and all your little toys around the house. But if you do that, when you get to heaven, you're going to have a treasure. I'm going to go with Jesus. I would think I would go with Jesus. Let me say that. But he, he was sad at that saying. And he went away grieved. Jesus in this text we look at today. That was last week. The one we look at today. Jesus had got just, just finished preaching. He had just finished preaching. And, 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 and he's on his way to He's on his way to the cross. He's on his way to the Passover where he was going to be crucified. He had been doing all these miracles. Well, he had this large congregation of people, a large fallen of people. The Bible says great multitudes. When the Bible puts great in front of anything, that means it is really something to see. Okay? He said there was great multitudes following him. And most preachers today, if you had great multitudes following you, you and, and giving to you and Worshiping you and wanting to be with you, you're not going to say anything to offend them. No, no, no. You're not going to say nothing to offend them. You, you welcome this. I mean, preachers today, they, they whole reputation is based on how many members they have and how much money they get and how big their pastor anniversary is. And they're not going to do anything to offend anybody. 
I, I was telling Margaret this morning in Sunday school, there's a preacher in, in Georgia, Jamal Bryan. He's at the pastor of Eddie Long's old church, and he apologized for me. He, he, he apologized to the homosexual community for me. I wasn't even there. But he sent out a letter. He preached a sermon apologizing for every pastor that condemns homosexuality. He said, I apologize to the LGBTQ XYZ community for all pastors in America that say homosexuality is a sin. How about that? And there were great multitudes with him. Let me get back. Jamal and Brian, throw me off. Look that up. And he turned and said unto them, now, 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 this ain't happening today. I'm just telling y'all this ain't happening today. All right. Any Tom, Dick, and Harry can walk up in this church and think they can be just welcome. Bring all the mess, bring all your sin, bring all your mess, and we don't welcome it. Because we need numbers. We want to make, we want this church full. We want the offering to be full. We want, we want to, we want everybody to be happy when they come to church. That ain't biblical. And that ain't just me talking. Because I'm just going right down the text. Look at verse 26 says. Great multitudes are following Jesus. You think Jesus will be happy. But Jesus didn't want anybody following him for the wrong reasons. Amen. He, he, he just didn't want you thinking that this was some cakewalk. All right. Just, just, you know, just follow me and your life is going to be wonderful when you follow Jesus. How many of you here know that's a lie? Amen. And we don't talk about that because when you, you truly start following the Lord, life going to get tight. It's going to get tight. If you're doing it right. If you're doing it right, it's going to get tight. You're going to have some heat come on you. Here's what Jesus says to these folks that you will never hear a mega church pastor ever say. Okay? If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children, and brother, and sisters, and yea, his own life. He cannot be my disciple. That is so deep. He was here and say, whew. Now, Cindy, Cindy, Cindy said this all the time. She said, you know, he, he his church, and, and he, ain't, he ain't never going to do that. He's he not going to miss a Sunday. He, I hear it. I understand it. Cindy knows she's number two in my life. And that's a good position to be in. Most wives should, should, should cherish the fact that they have a husband that God is head of. Amen. Amen. I mean, someone's on, someone on, on social media yesterday. I, I, you know, y'all know I like to tinker with social media, get on people's nerves. I don't friend none of y'all because I don't want y'all to think crazy of me. But somebody sent out something yesterday and it said, name one person that you cannot live without. And I was sitting here like, that's crazy. 
Because all I heard was my mother, my wife, my children, my son. And I'm sitting here like, no, no, no. There's only one person you can't live without. Uh-huh. Amen. All right? And that's Jesus. All right? Now, now, now that's not saying that you don't love your, your loved ones and your mothers and fathers and wives and stuff. You know, I, I would hate to see anything happen to my, my inner circle. And I keep mine small, okay? All right? But I can live without all of them. But I can't live without Jesus. Can't do it. Not that I don't love them. And when Jesus says, you must hate, he's not talking about hate like we used to hate. He's not talking about that kind of hate. He's talking about they have to, and, and compared to how you, you love me, you got to love them less. You got to love them less. I look out here and, and I, know Dan, I, know, I know Jake loved Danny. I, I know it. I, I, but he can't love Danny more than he loved the Lord because if, if he loved Danny more than he loved the Lord, he couldn't love Danny the way he, Danny needs to be loved. Okay, I, I, I hear, I, I, I'll tell you what, one of the reasons I got to say, how I got to say, people say, how did you get saved? Give me your testimony. Y'all heard it before. Okay. But I was sitting in a church and a preacher said this. I'm living crazy, reckless. Okay. And, and, and going through. And he said this. He said, how... Can you tell your children you love them and don't love the most important person in them children's lives? I thought I, I thought that was like that's deep. That's deep. And and, and that has stayed with me. That had to be almost 25, 30, maybe even 30 years ago. I, that that's just that's just stayed with me. Because me and, me and Cindy was going through, and, and I couldn't stand Cindy when we was going through. Especially on paydays. <laughs> and I would, get, I would get Karina, and I, oh, I love you, I love you. But your mama. Don't get that. What God is saying here? Jesus turned his head under them. You gotta love me more than anything. And, 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 and I don't care how you feel sitting here listening on sermon audio Facebook. You gotta you gotta really make that, that, that examination. How's your relationship with the Lord? I'll, I'll put it like this. How's your how's your love life with the Lord? Amen. How's your love life with the Lord? So we got a lot of preachers out there. They they you know they got feel good, feel good stuff. Dr. Feelgood messages, you know, they preach. I, 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 I even wrote it down here. You know, y- y'all ever heard of Pastor Beverly? Pastor Beverly? Pastor Frankie Beverly. How about that? He preached happy feelings. Happy feelings. That's all people want to hear, happy feelings. So these people following Jesus, they all happy. They follow Jesus. They, we going to, we following Jesus. We going, to, we going to Calvary with Jesus. And Jesus turned around and said unto them, some crazy stuff. Uh-huh. Amen. Know what he was saying? I don't want y'all following me for the wrong reason. Amen. Jesus would empty out a lot of churches. 
You go to a church with 30,000 members and Jesus preached this message and they, they would shut their Bibles and well, they probably would just turn their phones off because they don't carry Bibles. But they would just leave. They would just leave. Because Jesus said this. Listen. Let me, let me carry on. Let me talk about this hate. Let me talk about this hate. You know, there's a blessing in hate. You know, you can, you can, you can hate someone to, or, or to be hated. You could be blessed by that. You ever hear people say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. But they never say they're blessed when they're being hated. But Jesus said this about hate. I'm going to use this word hate and I'm going to move on from it. He said, blessed are ye when men shall hate you. How about that? This is what he was talking about when these people was following him. They following him for the wrong reason. And he said, if you really follow me for the right reason, if you really start following me for the right reason, and if I become number one in your life and, and your life is a testimony of me, you're going to be hated. We're not getting it in America like it is, but there's, there's countries that are condemned for their faith in God. There's people that are being persecuted and killed because of their faith in God. Y'all remember Robin and A that comes here on Wednesday night every once in a while? She was a Muslim. She was a Muslim and she left Islam and her family disowned her, period. I don't have, they don't have nothing to do with her, okay? And she loved the Lord. The word of God says, blessed are ye when men shall hate you and they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast your name as evil. Why? For the son of man's sake. For the son of man's sake. What he's saying is you're going to get some heat when you walk around and you're talking about the things of God and you living it and you living a life and you you forgiving people and you you are blessing people and you are praying for people and you are living that way. You're going to get some heat. You're going to get some heat. There's a good hate, too. There's some things we ought to hate. People say, ah, you shouldn't. We shouldn't hate anything. There's some things you ought to hate. Okay. There's some things you ought to hate. In Revelation, John, John was told, John was told by Jesus, he says this in Revelation 2, 6. He said, but this, but this thou hast, that thou hast hated the deeds of the Nicolonians, which I also hate. Jesus said, I also hate what they do. You know what they was doing? Crazy. They was doing what America doing right now. Crazy. Anybody love what America's doing right now? Anybody happy to see transgender men in the school with kids? Anybody saying that's cool? Anybody taking their kids to see that? I hope not. I hope not. I, I, I told you last week somebody called me and said, hey, we're going, we're going down here and we're going to protest and, and, and for these uh, men that's dressed like men. Men that's dressed like women. We're going, I, I don't need to be near that because I know I'm crazy. And one of them walk up on me and, and spit in me and say, because they they're going to do something crazy. They're going to provoke something. I, I need to just stay away from that. I've learned. I'm a little smarter. Here we go. Why did Jesus say that? Why did Jesus say you had to hate your mother and father and your sisters and brothers? And we all grew up, you know, blood thicker than anything. Blood, they get in mud. That was, a, that was a saying. Nothing come before our family. So this is radical in Jesus' point. What he's saying is, you got to love me more than your earthly family. But he follows it up. 
with verse number 27. He says, and whosoever do not bear his cross. I always thought that was fascinating. And come after me. That person can't be my disciple. What's it mean? I, I would be raising my hand. What's it mean to, to bear my cross and follow Jesus? What's it mean to bear a cross? You, you got a cross. I look around the room and all of us got a cross. All of us got something that we've had to carry. Carrying it now. Being a pastor, being a pastor in a, in a, in a, in a world where the word of God is not, is not received, that's a cross. Or respect it. Now, I wake up in the morning, I say, well, I got to preach a message. I was telling him, I was talking to Sunday school. You know, every, every Sunday, I don't care, every Sunday, every Thursday night when I'm putting my message together, <clears throat> Satan, Satan tells me, you ain't no good. You ain't no good. Your message, nobody want to hear that. You need to resign. You need to quit. You need to stop. You need to preach love. You need to, you need to let the women come in and let them sit in the pulpit and preach. You, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're getting bombarded with all that kind of stuff. And you got to stay focused. You got to work and work and work. And you got to ask God, give me strength to do it. Give me strength to do it. I hope y'all don't think this is easy. Some people think it is. I talk to people, hey, you a pastor? Ah, you know, you must got a nice BMW, got all the women and make all the money. That's that's what the world thinks. And you got to carry that because you got to study. And you got to study. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. You got to study. You got to work. Then you got to love people that don't love you. You do. You do. You got to take up your cross. All of us got a cross. I, 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 hope you, I hope you understand what it is. You got to be willing to lay everything down and go hard, go hard after him. You know, that's why I don't, I don't like to do a lot of stuff. Amen. Okay? Because I got a, that crazy vibe where, you know, ain't no use doing it if you're not going to be really, really good at it. So I stay away from a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't have a lot on the circle because Jesus don't give me all that space. It means, I, I, I like this part, excuse me. Tell them to count the cost. There's some first time listeners there, somebody I'm talking to, sharing the gospel with. I tell them to count the cost. Try to rush nobody into this because this ain't, this ain't cheap, Okay. God's grace is free, but it ain't cheap. You ever, you ever bought something cheap? Amen. Now, all of us have. We bought something cheap, you know? And it's falling apart. You wear it one time, it's falling apart. Wear it two times, it's ripped. Wash it, it's faded. You order something, you know, you order something, you try to, you try to get the best deal there is, and then parts is missing. Seriously, and now people call it cheap grace. They say, when you come to the Lord and all you got to do is come to the Lord. He loves everybody. That's cheap grace because Jesus said, you got you to gotta go through. You got to carry a cross. You got to love me more than anything. And, and that eliminates a lot of people. OK. Cheap grace. How about that? You know, I, I buy a lot of used cars. I like buying used cars. You, you ever bought a used car? I, I call this used car grace. You got used car grace. You know what used car grace is? Always in a shop. 
always needs something. Bernie, you know what I'm talking about. Used car grace. Oh, you know, alternator, battery, flat tire, water pump. Won't start. You know, Christians like that. Christians like that. They got used car grace. It just won't start today. You gonna you gonna turn on your grace, turn on your faith, turn on your Christianity. It just won't start today. Got a flat tire. You you know can't make it. Church full of used car grace. Everybody can miss but me. I get I get I hear it. If I'm late and I haven't even been late, fifteen years. I don't think I've been late. Nobody, have I, Sylvia? Sylvia, be paying attention to that. Watch this. I know I'm all over the place. This is good. Nobody's telling you this. You come to the Lord, you ask the preacher, you say, preacher, if I come to the Lord, what's going to happen? Well, your life going to be wonderful. Your life going to be wonderful. You know God's God is good and his grace endure forever. God is grace. You're going to have a wonderful life. That's a lie. That's a lie. If following Christ made your life easier, you're following the wrong Christ. That's serious. Now there's good stuff. The Bible says, Therefore, there are pleasures ever forevermore at his right hand. I understand that. But here's what the word of God says. I wouldn't. You know, I think we're in a business of tricking people. Tricking people into accepting Christ. Oh, just don't tell them. Don't tell them about the difficult stuff. Just get them to come in and they go and, and make them happy. And I think a lot of a lot of times churches make people happy. And then when when it when it hit the fan, then they just gone. You don't see them no more. Watch this. Watch this. I like to support my stuff with scriptures. Matthew ten thirty two says this. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, think about that now. That's a legal term. When he said, confess me before men, that's a legal term. That, that means this person is going to stand before a judge and, and a jury, and, and his life depends on it. He can, go, he can be found guilty and be sentenced, or he can find, be found innocent based on his statement. He said, therefore, shall confess me before men. Confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the head of my house. He is the head of my life. I love him. He died for my sin. He would, and, and, and fill me with his spirit, okay? But whosoever shall deny me before men, him, I'll, him will I also deny before my father. Now watch what Jesus says. Being radical. He says, think not that I come to send peace on earth. He said, I came not to send peace, but a sword. Some people don't even know that's in the Bible. For I am not come to set a man at for I am come to set man at variance against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. What's Jesus talking about? Think about it. Think about your family. Look around. All of us in here got kids. And most of our kids don't want nothing to do with Christianity. They don't want nothing to do with the church. They don't want nothing to do. And we didn't raise them up in church. We didn't BBS them and bless them by all the things that good things that church bring when they get a certain age. They have nothing to do with the church. Nothing. 
Jake's kids are young. They all young. They come to church. Dad come to church. You know, turn 18, send them to Ohio State. They come back. <laughs> okay. Watch. He says, a man's foe shall be there of his own household. What's he mean by that? What's he mean by that? Unless you're the last one saved in your family, if you get saved, truly saved, it's going to affect everybody around you. It's going to affect everybody around you. Your whole, if you get saved, you say you say you in a house, say like, say, say like me. I'll just use myself as an example. Okay? I'm, all my family like to party. I mean, party, party, party. Okay? They like to drink, they smoking weed, they like to go on cruises, you know, and I'm talking about saved ones too. You know, I, my sister will tell you in a heartbeat, she listens to these things too. You know, she'll say, well, you know, God made wine. Okay? Uh, I mean, in the, one, in the ones that they smoking weed and Uncle, Uncle Keith, you know, God made God made herbs. Okay, all right. The ones that cuss, the ones that cuss, they got a scripture. Well, Peter cussed. Okay. Those that cheat on their wives and well, David committed adultery. I mean, I mean, you you name it, they got a sin for it. You name the sin, they got a scripture. The one selling dope, they, uh, you know, Matthew was a tax collector. <laughs> okay? But what happens? What happens? What happens to that person who was, who was a part of that, who was a part of that action, and then that person gets saved? What happens to that? What happens to that relationships? Okay? They're going to bug with you. And they're going to bug you and bug you and bug you. They're going to tell you all that stuff. You know, well, I don't drink no more. You know, God say, well, you know, God made wine. I don't cuss no more. But Peter cuss. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't get high no more. You know, God made, God made weed. You know, it's legal. I got a card. <laughs> I mean, and if you hang around that all the time, you know, some, some going to give. They trying to recruit you. They're trying to push their lifestyle on you, and, and they believe you're trying to push yours on them. Amen. And they're going to be friction. They're going to be friction. I've been doing this 15 years. And, you know, my, and, and, and when I got saved, before I got saved, my family come around, they talk to me all the time. You know, now, 15 years. Y'all been with me for a long time. You ain't seen none of them come to church. They came. The only time they all been here was when my father's funeral was here. They come to town, they don't even, they don't even call me. I mean, I, hey, your brother was in town. I didn't know. He was here for a week. My sister was here for, oh, your sister was here for three weeks. <laughs> really? I, I'm just telling you, it's going to cost you something. A Christian must be willing to, to offend his family if he's going to be with the king. We don't want to be with the king. Here's, a, here's, here's something else. Let me, let me move on. I, that's just, just difficult, you know. Because we love our family. We'll do anything for our family. We'll put our family before the Lord. You know, we, we do. I know some of y'all do. Y'all love y'all's family. Y'all love y'all children more than y'all love anything. I don't, I, and I understand that, you know. I love mine. I love the, that little girl, that, that daughter of mine. She's crazy as a bed bug. 
Ray ain't coming around. Ray ain't coming around. You know, Ray welcomed my home. He know he could. He ain't got to be homeless. But you know, as for me and my house, see, it is what it is. I mean, it is what it is. As for me and my house, as for me and my house. I mean, I, you know, we gonna serve the Lord. You know, we not certain things. You know, that's one of the advantages of serving the Lord. It loosens your grip. On your most intimate earthly relationship. You got an earthly relationship and, and you know you, you love the Lord and, and, and you lose a loved one. We've all lost loved ones. Okay? Knowing Jesus makes it easier. Knowing Jesus takes a, a lot of the heartache out of it. Why? Because we sit here and we learn. We learn. I was telling y'all last week, you know, God was sending me some crazy stuff. Well, you know, we all die in our sleep, you know, and then Jesus wakes us up. I said, man, come on, man. You can't be saying that stuff. Jesus, you don't die in your sleep. Well, how do you know? Because the Lord of God tell me you're appointed on a man wants to die. And after that's judgment. So you, when you die, you ain't waking back up until it's time for judgment. Okay. Now, you might go unconscious. They might give you some of that Narcan. All right? They may give you CPR, you know, and, but, but when, when, when you're really dead, Narcan ain't going to do nothing. Okay? I got to do a funeral on Thursday. I can take a can of Narcan there. <laughs> ain't nothing going to happen. I can... How do you do that stuff? Spray it, put it in their mouth, whatever you do with it. It ain't going to help on Thursday. Yeah. He down at F.D. Mason's now, but on Thursday, and listen, and I can come in, hey, look, hold up, everybody. If you don't need this funeral, I got some Narcan. No, 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 no. No. Too late. Wants to die. Wants to die. All right. I know. I know. Y'all hang in there with me. I, you know, I thank God for, for you guys hanging in there with me. Look at verse 27. You talk about bearing the cross. True followers of Christ. Let's fight. Anybody here in a fight other than me? Anybody here dealing with some stuff other than me? Anybody here just battling all the time? I hear people say, well, you know, they're, they're a young Christian. You know, young or old, the scriptures still apply. Amen. Okay. The moment you become a Christian, here's something that happens to you. And, I, and, and, and people say, well, they're a baby Christian. You got Let me tell you something. When you become a Christian, when God saves you, here's what happens. But as many that have received him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. When you get saved, God gives you power. Power to do what, pastor? Go through some stuff. Amen. Deal with some stuff. Deal with some people. To grow. Power to want to study the word of God. Power to want to be a faithful witness to to God in public power to live a godly life so what's what's Jesus saying you didn't hear this when you got saved most of us didn't hear this most of us didn't hear this when we got saved I, I can I can rest assured that we didn't hear this when we got saved when we got saved no preacher told us listen listen sonny boy before you get saved, you need to really count the cost and know what you're getting into because this ain't no game. Did anybody, t- anybody know that when they got saved? 
Any, any preacher ever pulls you to the side, they pull you up front, and they're going to talk to you, you know, they're going to tell you about Jesus and how much he loves you. Jesus loves you, yes, I know, because the Bible tells you so. No, they tell you, you really need to count the cost of what you decision you make because it is life-changing. No. We, next Sunday, we're going to give you the right hand of fellowship. Look at Luke 14, 28. This is exactly what Jesus is saying. Because he's not trying to, he's not, he's not interested in a bunch of folks following him that don't know what it's all about. That's really going to quit as soon as the heat get on. He don't want that. He don't want that. Jesus said, hang around quitters. Watch what he says. For which of you intending to build a tower, sit it not down first and count at the cost whether we, you have sufficient to finish it. That's what he's saying. What you get into? This is serious business. And if you start off with me, you better understand the demands of being a saint, the demands of being a Christian. You know, I, I ride, ride through Youngstown, I ride through Boardman. It don't matter where you ride. You see all these empty buildings. You see all these empty buildings. You know why? And they start these restaurants. How many times you hear people start a restaurant? I'm going to start a restaurant. And, and they did not count the cost. They didn't count the cost. They didn't count how much the rent was going to be and how, how are they going to get people to come and buy their food and how they were going to pay for this food and how they were going to employ this place. You need employers to work. They didn't count the cost. And now the building's empty. Churches are empty because you, you look at these, some of these mega churches, they didn't, look, they didn't see COVID coming. And now they're fighting to stay alive and fighting to stay open because the money's not coming in. Jesus is saying here, if you're going to build a tower, if you're going to build a tower, you better make sure you got the right equipment. And if you're going to stuck with Jesus, if you're going to walk with Jesus, you better make sure you have the right equipment. Let me give you a, let me give you a couple stories and I'm going to be ready to shut it down. Jesus was preaching. All, all kind of people wanted to follow Jesus when he was preaching because they thought it was cute. People still think pre- preaching is cute. People get into preaching, they think it's glamorous. They think, oh, you're going to be a pastor, you know, and, and they think it's all fun and games until they start burying people and doing funerals and getting calls in the midnight hour to go to the hospital or, or being told, like I was told yesterday by a good friend of mine, that her 20-year-old daughter just found out she had leukemia. And then the doctor said, well, she got six months to leave. Just, just find out, just like that. Healthy, running around, all of a sudden, sleeping all the time, tired all the time, go to, go to the hospital and go to the doctor, you got leukemia. Then you can sit there and talk to that person. There ain't nothing glamorous about that. Ain't nothing fun about that. Here's Jesus. A lawyer came to him. A lawyer. You know, lawyers, you know, lawyer is a hard person to talk to about the things of God. Okay, once they get their law degree, it's hard to talk to people with degrees and stuff about the things of God. He says, a certain man, Matthew 8, 19, a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee wheresoever thou goest. How about that? Church today, well, come on, man. We need all the members we can get. I, you know, you stay with me for six months, I'm going to give you a title. You're going to be over the, you're going to be a deacon, and you're going to be over the, some kind of auxiliary. That's, that's how it used to be. Didn't care how you lived, or you was over the auxiliary. You know, you were over the auxiliary, okay, just to keep you and keep your money. 
Here's what Jesus said unto him. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, meaning they got a place to go when it get dark or when it get light because foxes don't come out at night in the daytime. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, meaning they have a place to go when it gets rough. He says, you're going to follow me, know this, but the son of man have not, have not where to lay his head, nowhere to lay his head. How about that? He said, it's going to get rough. You follow me, it's going to be it's going to be rough. If you follow Jesus, it's going to be tough. I always say Christians got to be tough. Christians got to be tough. I, I sit here and I, I, I see I see I see Christianity and I see some of the some of the brothers and the sisters so soft and compromised. And I, I heard an old preacher say pussified. How about that word? That's a old that's a old word. Pussified. Know what I mean? They just they just just weak and compromised. Don't care about nothing. Don't no no word no power nothing. You can't. Here's another guy came to Jesus. Here's another guy coming to Jesus. And another one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. How about that one? His father's not dead. He said, listen, after my dad died, I get the money, get all his uh, guns and, and stuff, and take the house and all, sell all his lawn equipment and everything. Then I'll come follow you. <laughs> one of you, one of somebody came, one of somebody came to me, one of you guys came to me. And I try to be really nice. You know, I'm probably, you know, people get on me. I get, I get the heat when, you know, you know, hey, listen. If somebody come to me and say, you know, my father died, you know. And what if I tell them, you know, go ahead. Come on. We got work to do. Let the dead bury the dead. That'd be, that'd be kind of rude. But Jesus was saying the same thing to this guy. Jesus said, on him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. He says, you know what? If God calls you to the ministry, then you got to answer that call. And if you don't answer that call, it's proof that God hasn't called you. Stay home with your family. Well, can y'all hang with two more verses? I know it's hot. Imagine we was in Palestine. Imagine we was in Jerusalem and it was 110 degrees. We had on all white stuff. And Jesus is out there preaching the Sermon on the Mount and he preached for like eight hours straight. Somebody said, you preach a long time, preacher. Verse 29. Still finishing that verse about the tower. He says, if you start with the Lord and don't finish. How many of us know preachers? How many of us know preachers that quit, that aren't preaching anymore? For whatever reason, when we see them, what comes across our mind? How about that? What comes across our mind? You see a Christian, someone who, who used to be a Christian, used to go to church all the time, and then they stop going. What, what comes to your mind when you, when you run into them? And you ask, well, you guys, 
you don't you don't go to church no more. You don't believe no more. You're not a Christian no more. And you know, and and I and I had a preacher tell me this once. He said, I I I got tired of all them knuckleheads. He's that's what he said. He said, I got tired of all them knuckleheads. Well, well, that's all I got. God is looking for some radical Christians, some people who read in the willing to lay it all down and serve them. That's the only way we're going to make a difference in the world. We're not going to make a difference in the world being soft, Amen. being compromised. You know, people look at us and laugh. People look at Christians and, 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 and they see them. And, you know, and, I, and I, I, I just wonder what's going on. I say, man, you're you going to serve God or what? It takes juice to serve God. It takes strength to serve God. It takes courage to serve God. It takes, it takes the Holy Spirit to serve God. And I know people say, well, Pastor, you, 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 you cut different. No, I'm not cut different. I couldn't do this at all without the God's help. I couldn't. I, there's no way I could do this without God saying, you know, I'm going to equip you to do it. I'm going to equip you to take the heat. I'm going to take the shame, take the mockery, take all that. Take the hatred from your family. You got to do all that. It's a dirty game. It's hard, but it's fair. Because God is good. I hope somebody's been blessed by something that was said today. Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the, the message of the cross. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for Jesus being radical. Yes, Lord. Thank you for us looking at our lives and, and, and asking, are, are, are we really serving God? Are we, are we really in the kind of relationship that, with God that gives him glory? And honor. Are we good salt or have we lost our Savior? Father, thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's all stand and.